Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. Amen. All right. Oh, man, excited to be in the house of the Lord. You know, sometimes you'll go through a week and you have all sorts of things happening and just just seems like you can't find a peace of mind or maybe you're just, you know, all this world is just way too hectic around you and just trying to find a moment of peace. You know, and it's so amazing that over the course of how many last, I don't want to say, three to five weeks we've been talking about, you know, growing personally in the Lord, having that one-on-one time, you know, going into your prayer room, being able to just be completely open before God and open up your heart and just seeing what happens. Um, sometimes you got to break through, you know. The noise is happening and things like that. You just got to kind of go against uh, the grain kind of, or just feels like you have to just break through. And Because um, there's a lot of the noise around us and things like that. And sometimes just, even like David said, he, there's a lot of Psalms, if you read through Psalms, where David is like, it literally is just like talking to himself. Like he's prep, prepping himself up like, Oh, my soul, why are you so weary in trouble? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. You know, you got to talk to yourself sometimes, and it's a good thing. So who cares? You're by yourself. If, you know, you don't need to think people are weird because you're talking to yourself. You got to talk to yourself sometimes. We do it in our thoughts if you think about it, right? A lot of times we're like, come on, Vic. Come on, Vic. Come on, man. <laughs> um, say it with me. My heart is open. My mind is ready. Make me better, God. By your word. I receive it. I believe it. And I won't be the same again. In Jesus' name, shout a great amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, so over the course of the last couple of weeks, uh, we've been on a theme. Um, I called it the Battle of BS. Before you jump too quickly, thinking how bad it sounds, um, it's belief systems because that's what really is. <laughs> People live off of their belief systems that they have established, and then um, that was the first week. And then last week, um, I shared about the truth about your truth, um, and how that's very, very misleading. And I used a, a quote by Oprah. Uh, Oprah, did I say it properly? <laughs> That she said, the most important thing you have is your truth. And how false that is. Because <laughs> your truth is, it can lead you to death. And I used an example saying, like, you can say that I don't believe in gravity. You can stand at the edge of the cliff and say, I don't believe in gravity. My truth is there is no gravity. Well, the reality is that you know, your truth can really mess you up, right? Yeah. And so, but we talked about the truth which is God's truth, that's what leads to life and life of fulfillment. Amen. And just like any good doctor, God always tells us the truth. A good doctor will tell you the truth. I like Vic. You need to change your diet. If you don't, you won't see your kids graduate or things like that, you know. But you don't want to have a doctor, you know, come to your bed and say, hey, man, you're doing all right. Enjoy those good donuts that you like. As long as you're happy. Most important thing is that your truth is what sets you free 
just most important thing. But no, only God's truth sets us free. Amen? Hallelujah. So in the days that we live in, it's very important to see um, everything from God's truth and just not your truth, right? Because our, our, we, I kind of challenged last week that said, that let's get rid of that terminology. It's very popular nowadays um, to say your truth. So uh, I want to show you a couple of scriptures here. Uh, Proverbs 14, 12. Just to confirm all the last couple of weeks where we talked about that your truth is misleading. There, uh, Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. How profound is that? You seem like in your, in your own sight, it's like, I believe that. It's, it's right. It's my truth. But it leads to death. Um, I didn't get the chance to share them, but I think God gave me some bonus passages for this week to confirm last week. Proverbs 21, 2. Next one. A person may think their own ways are right, but the Lord weighs the heart. A person may think their own ways are right, but the Lord weighs the heart. Amen? So it doesn't matter what we believe ourselves. The most important thing, there's only one truth, and that is God's truth. And in the times that we're living in, we're obviously talked about, there's, we're bombarded with a lot of information. And I said, you know, whichever the lens that you're watching the news from, Shut them all off. CNN, Fox News, doesn't matter. Lens everything through the word of God. Amen? I noticed lately when I took some fast from some of the social media where I started limiting my own social media time, how much, I've exp- how much I grew, how much happier I became. <laughs> it's just like, because think about it. It's not a coincidence, right, that it's, uh, they call it the feed, like Facebook feed, Instagram feed. What are you feeding your soul? Are you feeding that with just all this? Or are you feeding yourself with the word of God? You know, I was thinking about this this morning. Like, we, we were talking about offering, you know, tithing of our uh, finances. And I'm thinking, I'm like, Lord, what if I challenge myself today to tithe of my time a day? Yeah. Think about it, right? The time that you're awake. I'm not talking about the app from 24 hours. But it's not that much. But I can guarantee you that you will see a personal growth in your relationship with the Lord. And that's what we've been talking about lately is just we want to be able to grow in the Lord. Amen. And I'll, I'll highlight a little bit of the passages that we talked last week. And um, check this out. First Peter 5, 8. Um, 8 and 9. First Peter 5, 8 and 9. Be alert and sober mind. Your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. (laughs) He really wants to eat us up alive. But look what it says next. Resist him, standing firm in your faith. Your faith is that what will be able to give you strength to resist any attacks of the devil. Your faith. And we're talking about growth today, right? We're talking about developing our relationship to the deeper level with the Lord. Devil is totally cool with us going to church as long as you're living in your truth. <laughs> and as long as you're not being transformed. As long as you keep your addictions, issues that you struggle with in the closet. And don't worry about it. And you pull them out when you need to. When you need your temporary pleasure. See, devil wants that. He, he's okay with that. But the moment 
you start, you know, doing something about it. The moment you start opening up every room of the Lord, I can guarantee you all hell will break loose. Because the devil doesn't want us to live in the freedom. But God wants us to live in freedom. Amen? So we kind of make up this God, you know, that we believe that, hey, he's cool with this. He's cool with a little bit of this. He's cool with a little bit of marijuana. He's cool with a little bit of yoga, whatever, you know, you want to you put that in, in there. But the reality is this, you know, there's God's truth. If we're adjusting almighty God to fit our needs, that's idolatry. That's a God that doesn't exist. You're making up your own God. So I know that some of this stuff is hard truth, but remember, right? We're here to grow and develop in a relationship with the Lord. And this, first and foremost, this, all of this that I'm sharing always speaks to me first. So I'm just like you. <laughs> I'm just a vessel that I'm sharing the word of God with you. But we know that nothing impure can stand before the Lord. Scripture tells us. And that only God's truth can set us free. We talked about that last week. But devil wants to continue to be like little children. To continue struggle like right now. We have a little struggle going around. We're trying to teach Mika not to use a pacifier. It's, it's difficult. We're thinking, man, girl, you know, we want your teeth to be straight and all sorts of things that we're trying to tell her that she will thank us later for, but she doesn't understand it, you know? And she's like, no, pacifier. So, but I, and God gave me that nice message just to, to wrap up this series kind of. Um, in First Corinthians 11.30, I told you a lot, like my, how God speaks to me through my children. First <laughs> uh, Corinthians chapter 11, verse 30 through 32. This is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But look at this, verse 31. But if we were more discerning with regards to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless... When we are judged in this by the Lord, so when God is judging us, we are being what? Disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. God doesn't want us to condemn with the world. Last week I said, you know, we don't want to be as Christians that with one foot in this world and one foot in, in the church. God wants us to live a full life and freedom. And for some reason we get this impression that we think that when we serve God fully, when we give our life completely to Him in every aspect that we're going to have some kind of a boring life. I don't even know where that thought comes from. But obviously, I think it comes from the Satan. <laughs> because in God, there's true liberty, there's true joy, there's true peace. Amen? So God is saying, hey, in this times right now, there's a lot of information bombarding on all sides. You need to up your faith so you don't stand with this world when I'm judging. You know, when God is, you know, looking at his people and he's like, hey, who are you serving today? But the thing is, we, if devil succeeds in changing your beliefs, right? Because from the first, from the beginning of time, he, all he did was he said, he just put a doubt in Eve and said, is that so? Did God really say that? And so when we, a lot of times we look at the scripture and we're like, I'm like, well, my interpretation is different. <laughs> Because we want to adjust the word of God to fit our needs uh, or our desires, right? Um, but the thing is, if devil can put a doubt in your heart, in, in your heart, in your in you questioning the word of God, what he does is he puts a barrier between you and the full blessings of God. 
So the message this week is part three, but barriers to blessings. And it's very, very, very important that we talk about it. And I'm going to look at it from several angles, and I think it will make sense. So just may the Lord bless this word because it's his word. Amen. I want to go back again, Ephesians chapter 4, where I left off last week. Ephesians 4, verse 14 through 15. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by cunning and craftiness of people and deceitful scheming. And today I want to share a passage that seems uh, that it could go so perfectly right after that. It's as if they were written side by side. Look at this. I'm going to read Ephesians 4.14 and I'm going to jump straight to Hebrews 6.1. Let me read Ephesians 4.14 and 15 again. Uh, 4.14. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Now look at this. Hebrews 6.1. Therefore, it's as if it's continuing, but it's two different books. Therefore, let us move beyond elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again in foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and the faith in God. So acts that lead in faith. Our truth will lead us to death, okay? These acts. So therefore, it says, let's move beyond these elementary teachings, right? The second passage that I want to share today for this title, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19. And then later on, I'm going to go back to it and read a little bit more of that um, passage. But Isaiah 43, 19 is the key passage for today. See, I'm doing a new thing. Pretty exciting, right? Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness, and streams in the wasteland. How many want God to do the new thing in your life? All of us want God to move, do a new thing in our life, right? Pretty exciting. Like, it's just like with kids, like, we want a new toy. You know, it's always exciting. But I'm setting you up. Be careful, right? We want to, I'll just use some brief examples. We want to have fit body, right? But we love our donuts, (laughs) And we hate discipline. And we hate working out. <laughs> we want a new road. How many of you have driven through Wasilla like last two months and then after they finally paved it? <laughs> My friend who lives in Palmer always makes fun of us and saying that Wasilla sucks. And then we got new roads. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> we finally got new roads. But we want new roads, but we hate road construction, right? And then you're just stuck in these road construction zones. So I want to talk a little bit of truth today, all right? We want to see God move in our life, but we hate it when he cleanses us of our habits or addictions, things that we cannot overcome. We don't want that. I want to talk to you a little bit about brain science, all right? It's all I know. There's not that much, but one amazing, fascinating fact that I learned about brain science, Okay. Uh, with any habit in your life, your brain actually creates pathways, um, like connections. So once you've done something, you know, a certain amount of times, a certain number of ways, your brain kind of locks it in. It kind of creates these grooves, okay? Um, 
That's why, you know, certain habits are hard to undo because you've established a pattern already, um, the way of doing things, right? We even say it, well, that's the way he is or that's the way she is. Um, we're literally talking about neural pathways, except we don't actually say neural pathways because people would think we're funny, like neural pathways. That's just the way he is. <laughs> that makes more sense, Right. So, but it's not just the way he is, it's because the way his or her brain has been trained, you know, tell your, turn to your neighbor and say, change your ways. Come on, say it with confidence. Change your ways. Sorry, guys, I get, I get to do that. I remember when I was sit, I said that a few times before, when I was sitting in the auditorium, <laughs> and I hated when a preacher had to do that, but it kind of always waked me up, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah I got to pay attention. So I might do that a few more times. I get to do this now. <laughs> but it's kind of hard to shout amen to that, right? Because um, changing your ways is not easy. Sometimes we don't even believe it ourselves that we can change. It's just things that we've established and we're like, man, I don't know, man. It's hard to get out of it. But God came to give us freedom. He wants to live us to live a full life of freedom. Amen. So just because if you are 60 or 70 and you're thinking like, man, you know, I've already established a pattern or something. I can't overcome that. God's saying, no, no, no. Do it now. Because remember, right, nothing unclean can stand before the Lord. And God really wants us to move to a new level. I believe God is really, you are here because God wants you to grow in your personal relationship with him. Not only is that your personal relationship reflects how that will translate to your friendships, how it will translate to your marriage. Guys, I'm telling you, the closer you get to the Lord, if you're in marriage, the closer you, the more you're spending time before the Lord together, if you're at least praying and just reading a psalm together before you go to bed. It's like a ladder. When you're standing together, the closer you are to God, the closer you are to each other. Okay? I want to challenge that to, today to you, like to establish good patterns. Do it three or four times. Maybe you'll beca it will become a good pattern. There's some really good patterns, right? Just like brushing teeth when we were younger. Those are good patterns that are established. I don't, I don't even know, like later on, like I grew up, I'm like, I can't go to bed without brushing my teeth and flossing. It just doesn't feel right. So those are good patterns, all right? So let's establish good patterns. God is creating something new. And like I said, do not perceive it. Or in other words, do not see it. I'm making a way in the wilderness. So God is saying to his people that have been exiled to the Babylonian captivity, he's pretty much saying, I'm trying to bless you. All your life I've been trying to bless you. All your life I've been trying to set you free, Vic. All your life I've been wanting to flow through you for how I see you. See, devil tries to mess with our identity so that we think less of ourselves that we think that we are nothing but we're just a loser and we're just like, I've been in this rut many times before. That's what he wants. He wants to change your identity. He wants to change your belief system. But when you get your source of information from the true Lord who has made you, who knows your DNA, <laughs> who knows you to the core, he knows the potential that you have. He knows the kind of potential you can have in your life, in your business, and all things that you do. And we allow these little things. We're giving up, it seems like, these little temporary pleasures for all the things that God wants to unlock before our eyes. So I know it sounds challenging, but let me tell you this. God is speaking to your heart right now. God is speaking to your spirit. Tell your neighbor, God's trying to bless you. 
Okay, this is the last one. Maybe I'll do a five more of these, but I don't know. God is trying to bless you. So Isaiah speaks up because uh, people of Israel, you know, by their behavior, they've been blocking the blessings of God. And we're talking about real blessings, you know, not just external ones, having a nice house and a nice car. Those things are cool. Those things are cool, all right? Um, I'm talking about God wants to bless you in the very state of your being, in the deepest area of your struggle, in the places where you thought you would never be able to overcome. But God's saying, I'm able to do that if you allow me, right? That's what he said to Abraham. He said, because uh, God wants us to be a blessing to everybody, right? He says, God spoke to Abraham, said, you will be a blessing. Not that just you will, be, you will be blessed, but you will be a blessing, right? Anybody you touch, anybody you talk to, anybody you even look at will be blessed, even if, even if they get in the proximity of you. That's the kind of thing that God wants to do in your life. God wants you to just, everywhere you walk, you're just like the cure of his kingdom. You're like, remember the scripture says also that we're the letters being read by all people. Like, who are you? I want to be around you. There's some people that you, you know, walk around and spend time with them. You just come back to life. And there's people that you're around with and you leave and you just feel depressed and empty. Choose who you hang out with, Amen. That's Vic's Proverbs right there. Choose whom you're going to hang out with tonight. <laughs> Vic's Proverbs 1.1. 1, 1. But that's what we're trying to understand here in Isaiah 43 and Hebrews 6. So I'm trying to connect that. Um, although these scriptures are separated 700 years, right? We're talking about New Testament and prophet um, Isaiah. Uh, how many of you would just want to thank God that he has broken every barrier, right? He made a way where there seems to be in a way... By his stripes we are healed. By one word we're made whole. So God has done it all. He has paid it all the price. He's done everything. He made it accessible. And then he tells us, well, what are you going to do about it, Vic? You want it? So God is trying to, uh, us to see that the barriers before us have been dealt with at the cross already, okay? The shame that you're carrying and mistakes of the past, whatever it is, that your addictions. God has defeated death taking your shame and is standing with the arms open wide and since we couldn't get to God God came down to us that really always fascinates me and also when we read when Jesus took his last breath when that death finally came he died the death that we were supposed to die and and it says that in the temple the veil was torn there used to be like holy of holies only you know a priest would enter that but that always just shakes me to the core of my spirit saying that God was like I'm not gonna live behind this curtain no more I want to have a personal relationship with you okay but God wants us to accept and say hey it's it's your choice remember we talked about the last few weeks Christianity is not about pushing your faith onto somebody God himself says what do you want to do what do you want he would come up to a blind man and say like hey what do you want from me seems like pretty obvious with you know but no God wants our desire our desire is directly connected with that to our blessings amen so he comes down God comes down like an infant right but really he was infinite and you're thinking that the power of God from the heaven reached down and said man I like you Vic I love you Matt 
I want to, this doesn't matter what age you are in, I love you and I want to work through you. I want to make an impact. I want you to be my soldier, okay? Because we live a life, and like I said, devil is just trying to stop us from living our fulfilled life. And he puts all these barriers to our blessings. So I'm thankful, God, that he broke all the barriers. And, but I'm like, Lord, I'm going to choose you. I'm going to choose you. Amen. So Jesus broke all the barriers. He fulfilled all the law so we could be fully found in him. Romans 8, 38 through 39. For I'm convinced, and again, I've read that last week, that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, actually the first week, I apologize, neither the present nor the future nor any powers. I mean, this just gives me so much hope. Neither height nor death nor anything else in all creation nor COVID, nor anything, pandemic, anything, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. Accept, accept my unbelief. Accept. Because all of it can be true, but it won't be true for you. All right? Even if you shout about it, even if you think God is doing a new thing and you're like, man, but I feel stuck. So God spoke through prophet Isaiah about all these things that his people will face, you know, and how they would continuously backslide in their faith and how they would worship other gods. I mean, uh, uh, Jewish people, Hebrews, uh, I mean, um, Israelites just fascinate me because God has shown them continuously over and over again these obvious miracles and they still would just kept backsliding back and forth. But then I'm thinking like, what? I, I do that myself. I put my faith in God one week with the moment that I have a tough week when things go bad or when I've experienced loss in my family and I run to God and I, you know, and then that's when I pray and I accept God to answer my prayers like Amazon Prime. Like right now, Lord, I need an answer. Literally, that's, that's what happens. And God is like, well, I'll, I want a little bit more of your time. Think about it. If you would only run to your spouse only when you needed something. It works both ways. Y'all know this. It's not a good spirit that's operating behind it. Let's just say that. <laughs> but God wants to have a continuous relationship. We don't just tell our wife, uh, you know, or your husband that when you married them, I loved you back then. And you, you have to tell them all the time. Express your love. Amen. So. God is creating a new thing. And God is speaking to prophet Isaiah even in advance before they were even in captivity. So God is already warning in advance. And then, and then he even uses an example, you know, talking about, about Abraham. The promise that God made to Abraham. In Genesis uh, 12, 1 through 3, if you want to note it down. Uh, I'll just highlight real quick. It says, and I will bless you and make your name great. So God is talking to Abraham. And so you shall be a blessing and then you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So God was already back then thinking not just about Israelites. He was thinking about you and me, about all the people, all the nations. God always wants to bless all people. God is trying to bless you, amen. And it says all people that are called by his name will be blessed, okay. So that's the promise, but. Here's the problem, okay? Notice how 
the promise and the problem, they always come hang together. <laughs> like I, I hear Alita sometimes says, God, I promise. This is the last, last high-chew candy I want. This is the last one. But the problem is the moment she's done with it, she's like, Dad, just one more. Just one more. Okay? So, but the Israelites kept backsliding. So here's the, the problem. The Israelites kept backsliding and reliving the past memories all throughout their history. Uh, they did that when they, left, when they left Egypt and couldn't get Egypt out of them. They were just like trying to forget it, but they just like, as soon as things got difficult, they're like, ah, oh, we like Egypt. Their beliefs about past kept them in the captivity of their mind, really. Um, and same thing that's happening here in, uh, when they're in the captivity in, ba in Babylon this time. So prophet Isaiah already knows in advance and he's trying to warn them that their beliefs will lead them to captivity and bondage. And let me just say this. There are people, um, you can be blessed, okay, but you can still live in bondage. God, because God's promises are true. God has promised you to be blessed and he says I will bless you you're a blessed person but you can still live in bondage but God doesn't want you to live in bondage right we can live in bondage mentally emotionally psychologically physically um, so Israelites were not imprisoned in physical cells like in Babylon but they were imprisoned in their mind okay and Isaiah is trying to address the state of their soul okay and God is speaking to him to prophet Isaiah like warn him That's why it's important to take notes in church. Because <laughs> even if you don't think it's for you right now, but later on you're like, what's that thing that he said four weeks ago? And you can go back and be like, oh yeah, this way. So I want to back up a little bit and read a little bit more of Isaiah 43 from verse 15. Okay, starting in verse 15. So he, God is, he wants to remind him of who he is. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel Creator, your King. Isaiah is going back to remind them of their faithfulness of God. You know, he goes back to Egypt to remind them of how God brought them out of the Egypt and how he carried them through the Red Sea and how God drowned the Egyptian army. Look at verse 16. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through mighty waters. Raise a hand if, you, if God has ever made a way for you. Okay, we got some people, all right. But even if it's little, even if it's uh, you prayed for a headache or a headache was gone, or even if you prayed, you know, Lord, help me get that job, and you got a job, right? So here's what God is doing. He's, God was replaying their favorite jam, like their music. You made a way, boom, 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 boom. We were just singing that. That song originally was established back then, not by Elevation Worship. <laughs> But... He's really just bringing them back. You know how sometimes there are certain songs that do that. You'll, you'll hear a certain tune in that jam from back in the day. And you're like, yeah. So God is doing this. He's reminding them, okay. Um, so it was like their soundtrack, okay. And, and he's trying to tell them that you guys are no longer slaves, okay. This wasn't abstract, theoretical, metamorphical, metamorphical, I, I apologize, out of fancy words to say. This was an actual picture that God done in their lives, okay? There's a practical memory of the past. And this is part of their testimony. So Isaiah is bringing them back and he's like, bum, 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 bum. Let me remind you that. You made a way. There's no way. Verse 16. 
This is what the Lord says. Okay? We're still in the same place. This is what, this, uh, what the Lord says, verse 16. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters. Man, God has made so many ways for us. I mean, I'm looking at this and I'm like, Lord, you did. Verse 17. Who drew out, uh, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together. And they lay there, never to rise again. Extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. And they're like, yeah. Yeah, I like that. It was like their, their jam, right? He made a way. And they were like, yes. And look at, then this, this just blows my mind. Verse 18. What does he say next? Forget the former things. All those things, all the good things. He was just talking about the blessings. I mean, the miracle, right? And he says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. All right? This is where many of us get stuck. The past mentality, you know, reliving the past. Israel's road to freedom went from 40 days to 40 years was because they kept living or reliving their past, okay? They didn't know how to live in the present where God was like, I'm giving you what you need right now. Don't think about tomorrow. Think about yesterday. Live in the present, okay? But every time they faced a challenge with Moses, um, they would compare Moses to Pharaoh. They literally were like in this toxic relationship. Well, even though Pharaoh whipped us, at least he gave us good vegetables. He'd like get fish. That's, that's what it was really, right? And so what happens to us every time we run back to the devil or the Pharaoh, this is what happens when we try to run back and temporarily satisfy our pleasure and needs, you know, and then we get stuck again. And they kept looping around in the desert for 40 years. And that, that journey was supposed to be 40 days. I want to encourage you today. Think about it. If they were moving out for 40 years, I mean, if you had some issues and a God is like, hey, you have not dealt with forgiveness. You have not forgiven someone. This is the time to do it. I want you to live in freedom. You're not actually helping by you thinking of somebody like, oh, they did me dirty. They disappointed me and somehow devil tries to put in our thought I and mean, I've said that before that by us thinking that we're like putting a sword into them they're like yeah you screwed me over before but really we're the ones that's suffering other people could be like forgetting about it we're the ones that are struggling and God is like enough of the circling around I want to break that barrier I want you to live in freedom amen who God wants to pro move us into his promised land, into his promises, that we're no longer slaves to our desires, okay? Where we mature and grow in the Lord and we, and we grow a legacy that honors God, right? And his truth. But their past mentality, it also carried over into every little thing that they did, even into things like miracles. I never thought of it from that angle until I was like reading this and I'm like, huh, that makes sense. Because we do that as well. Because remember, they crossed the sea, right? And they got to the Jordan. And they're dwelling on their past. Again, they're like, okay. As soon as they hit the roadblock, oh, I should have gone back to Egypt. Should have went there. Right? And they're like, well, we got a new leader, Joshua, but he's not like Moses. They were shredding Moses. And they hated him. All of a sudden, he's the best, you know? I'm sure you've, in history, you see that, that people do that about presidents, Right? They hate the one that's in the current administration when he leaves. They're like, oh my gosh, 
He's not too bad. <laughs> but literally, that's what they were doing. They kept dwelling on the past. And so, and not just only on the past of Egypt, but the past of, of past miracles. It's kind of like, I was like, what? And really, God just showed me that. And it's, it really, I think it will speak to somebody today as well. So God is saying, I want you to forget the miracles of the past. So you wouldn't worship the miracle. Right? But worship God for who he is. Sometimes people experience something with God. You know, or let's just say people fell in the presence of God. Because that can happen. And then later on, they're trying to replicate it. But God is like, mm -mm, I'm going to do it in a new way every time. I'm going to move in a new way. Amen? I hear some Christians say like, man, remember those good old days when God moved in our life and, you know, the, the miracles that we've experienced. And, and I, I always question that. I said, well, what's stopping you from experiencing that today? Maybe it's just your belief, your belief system, right? Maybe you have a barrier <laughs> that is stopping you from that because you're reliving the past miracles, Okay. So, God doesn't want me to uh, replay or rely on the miracles of the past and miss the miracle that God is doing right now, a miracle that is in progress. And God is saying like, hey, remember what I did for you, but don't get, don't get stuck on how I did it. Because people just have a tendency to worship the act of it, like, you know, how it's done. And so, God will sometimes use somebody random and just to speak into your life, you know, your child. It could be a random act. And it will be different next time. Next time God will speak through your pastor. Huh? <laughs> Revelation 25.5, okay, it says, He who was seated on the throne said, What? I'm making everything new. So God is making you new. Again, God wants to make something new within your heart. Something that... You have not settled. God wants to set you free. He wants to make you a new creation in him. Amen. But even when Jesus performed miracles, he didn't do them in the same way, right? He did it in a new way all the time. Because God doesn't want us to be more committed to a system than we are to the source, you know. Because we still get used to the system. God, like, I love Jesus' miracles. One day he's walking, the blind man comes up and he's like, he wants to obviously receive his healing. God is like, you would think next thing you know, God is laying hands. And God is like, <laughs> picks up mud, makes mud and puts it on the guy's eyes. So people would just stop worshiping the system of things. Saying that God can do things in the ways that you don't imagine. Amen? All right. <laughs> I'm going to make a way, but not the way I made it before so if you receive this today, right, you will realize that barriers to blessing is not because of your circumstances, not because of the things that are uh, surrounding, the, you know, your situation, but it's that you have created a certain belief system and that is actually stopping the blessings from God. Whether that's you've accepted something that you're like, I'm not getting rid of this thing, my sin with benefit. I received a little bit of pleasure from it, but I'm not letting go of that. You know, you've established your pattern. And God is like, I don't want you, you know, you can. But you will never live a full uh, life. 
So I know it's challenging to hear, but God is saying, I'm creating a new thing. And then he asked the question within verse 19, right? I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Do you not see it? Okay? And I'm thinking, what would keep me from perceiving what God is doing? Maybe it's expecting it to look like, like how he done it before. So here I am looking, you know, for God to part the sea. And God wants me to part my ways with the past. Hmm? And we can't. And we're like, oh, but my past is my past. It's my testimony. It's my story. Sure. You know, we, but we talked about that, you know, your, your story can be subjective as well. Because it can be connected to your story. So make sure, like here, the scripture clearly tells us that you don't get hold or get stuck with past from moving forward. God's saying, hey, even if that happened, but now forget about it, you know. Sorry for the Jersey accent. <laughs> When you first become Christian, I love this. You know, when you open up a Bible in the random spots, like you, you play Bible roulette, and, uh, and God would speak to you, like, you know, and he would have, like, your favorite street address. Uh, I mean, the verse of the, your favorite street address, you know, Romans 828. I'm like, 828 was my address back in the day when you were 12. And you felt like a care bear, right? And, like, just love shut out from your chest. You just felt all the, oh, just felt fuzzy. And now I feel like, you know, you, you have to put some effort. You're opening up to the scriptures that are like sounding a little depressing. And like, God, speak to me like you used to speak to me. And God is saying, I am, but not on the same frequency. All right? You're a grown man now. You're a grown woman. You've been in church many years. It's time for you to grow, to go deeper in the relationship with me, right? To mature from milk and start eating solid food. Look at this, Hebrews 5.13, it talks about it. The Bible talks about everything, all right? Hebrews 5.13, anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, all right, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. God is like, man, I want you to live a righteous life. We keep running to your milk bottle. Verse 14, but solid food is for mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil, all right? This is where your growth happens. This is where, you know, this is major leagues, okay? This is not your small little league game. God was like, man, you, you can do much better. You have what it takes. You just need to change your belief system. You need to get over that barrier that is blocking your blessings to come. So move past the elementary teaching that we just read about earlier in the beginning. God has prepared a table before us, says, right? In the presence of an enemy. But we're still addicted to our pacifier. We're like, mm, that little thing that brings me comfort. It's time to drop that pacifier, right? And, start, and pick up your purpose. There's two P's right there if you want to write it down. Drop the pacifier, pick up your purpose. <laughs> it's time to drop our elementary understanding, start having a personal relationship with God and really go somewhere, amen? Because, you know, I mean... I'll touch on different aspects of things. Some of us grew up in a religious environments like I did, right? Where we thought, you know, God wasn't happy unless you were, like, depressed and, like, <laughs> it didn't count as church unless you had to endure it. Like, oh, sat through the whole two hours straight. You know, literally, that, this is a mentality. And we need to move past that because we're walking before the Lord. Hey, you can lift your hands before the Lord. You can literally worship him at any time. Just because your friends back in the day, nine, when they were, you were nine, they told you, it's not cool to lift your hands. What are you? 
Are you being emotional before God? Hey, you lift up your hands before the Lord and surrender. That is God. You, hey, God is judging. Not, who cares about your low self-confidence friends said when you were in hate, you know? They had their own issues, okay? But God wants to set us free, amen, from all those things that literally one word from the past could be a bondage and it can be a, a barrier to your blessings and you just hold you there from experiencing what God is doing right now. I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? God is going to make a way, but not through the waters. This time, is gonna make, I'm going to make a way. It says, through the wilderness. All right? I'm making, uh, 43 19, I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. What did they need in the wilderness? They needed water, right? So what used to be a barrier is about to be a blessing. All right? What threatened to kill you is now God is bringing forth to set you free. God is now using, God is like, hey, give that thing that you're struggling with to me. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn it into a blessing. I'm going to turn it into a testimony. That you can tell other people how to be set free. So you can live life in freedom. Okay? Don't bury that. Because if you bury it, that turns into a barrier. Alright? So, he wants you to turn your struggle to success. Okay? When God is bringing your issues to light, it's not to put shame on you. It's not to put you down, but it's to set you free. Amen? And God is saying, he's like, hey, I turn pain into power. All right? I turn shame into grace. I turn abuse into strength. I turn barriers to blessings. I am the way maker. Right? We were singing about that, right? Make a way. You'll make a way, Lord. Well, there's a no way. So if you have been under this weight and feeling like, Lord, I live your life and I thank you, Lord, but I have not been able to overcome certain things. I truly believe when we come, when we change our belief system, everything that we've believed, we believed ourselves and set ourselves that saying, this is my truth, okay, and God is okay with it. Well, the reality is God's not okay with it, right? Because God, nothing unclean can stand before God. And God wants to make a way where there seems to be no way. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet. Thank you, Lord, for your precious word that is speaking to us. Lord, you want to bless us, Lord. Lord, you want to change what we believe about ourselves or what the enemy says that you can never overcome. You will never overcome. But God says, you are more than a victor in Christ. You're more than a conqueror in Christ. I am creating something new in you, Lord. We understand, Lord, when you're creating something new, there's a change that's happening. Lord. But we don't like those changes. We hate road construction, Lord. We hate when you're trying to do something new in our life, God. But we want to let it go. We want to surrender it to you, Lord. Because you make a way. Where there seems to be no way, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're breaking barriers to blessings, Lord. Everybody's in this place has got specific kind of a barrier they've been dealing with. But Lord, right now, is telling you, give it to me. 
bring it before me. I want to set you free. I want to set you on solid rock that you will not be shaking by any information of this world that's trying to mess with your identity, telling you that, that it's okay. It's okay to live this way. No, God is, wants to have you live life of freedom. Amen. If you receive something today, say amen. 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 Hallelujah. Be blessed. If you need prayer, we'll have prayer counselors here. Darlene, Pastor, Robert, and um, be blessed. Walk in freedom. Amen? Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.